Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels, every moment of our lives. Well, Janae, the one thing occurs to me is when we talk about aging gracefully, there's, I ask people about aging and they always talk about their bodies, about the changes they notice in their bodies as they age. Do you, do you notice anything different with your body as you've gotten older? Oh, yes, definitely. I remember in my 40s, I suddenly became aware that I had knees. Knees. Before, <laughs> before that, you know, they were just like fingers. They, they didn't stand out. But in the 40s, the knees made themselves known. Yes. Yeah. I remember reading an article where they said you could gauge someone's age by how easy it was for them to stand up after sitting in a cross-legged position. I strongly dislike <laughs> that theory. I do too, because I can't stand up from a cross-legged position. <laughs> so much so that I was at a, a conference and I was seeing there's younger people sitting cross-legged on the floor. And I was actually watching how they got up to see, oh, I guess I used to do it that way. <laughs> now I'm kind of looking for something to, to push myself up from. And I realized that, yeah, the body changes. But I think the thing that gets me most, like you're talking about with your knees, is the pains, the little aches and pains that creep in. Yeah, they can really get you down Mm -hmm. if you're not careful and if you don't start working with them. And in fact, I reached out to our local online community and I asked them. I I specifically targeted people, women, I believe it was, over their 50s, 50s or over, who um, are experiencing aches and pains, and I asked them to tell me about them. Well, what did you get? What did you find out? Well, somebody wrote and said arthritis in the hands, especially in cold weather. Oh, wait, um, so I want to talk to them. Cold weather. Isn't cold that weather. weird? Because when you're a kid and you go outside, you don't notice it apart from you can see your breath or yeah. you, know, you had to wear more clothes or things like that. But now our body's telling us about the shifts in the temperature yeah. and to have that. Because I know my hips hurt in cold weather. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. What that. do you think is behind that? I'm not quite sure. I, I think it's... talked about the pressure. Yeah, there's the pressure, but there's also because it's the cold, maybe not a shift in barometric pressure. But I think our bodies like being warm. When they're warm, they move and they're supple and everything is kind of flowy. And when it when it gets cold, then maybe we're just more sensitive to those little stagnations going on in the body. Maybe that's why seniors move to Florida, right? <laughs> that could be it. Stay nice and warm. Um, and somebody else on the subject of arthritis said she didn't expect her knees to go suddenly in her late 50s. She says arthritis is no joke. Right. Well, that's the thing. The joints... You know, we've got our hands, as we're talking about our knuckles and our joints there, my hips, somebody's Mm -hmm. knee, your knees, her knees. So the joints really take a brunt of a lot of of abuse throughout the course of our life, especially if you're an athlete who does sports that change direction really frequently, Mm -hmm. like skiing or basketball, Mm -hmm. soccer. The knees take a, a big chunk of energy there. They do. And right about this phase of life, everything we've done before has a greater impact you know if we were very active then we're starting to feel it more in the knees or wherever it was if we were underactive we're starting to feel that because we're feeling sluggish and ill in other ways so whatever we did (laughs) we're getting it now we get to see it well a few years ago I had an experience of sciatica and I did not know what had happened to me I it was incredibly painful. 
It limited my motion. It made it difficult to stand up, made it difficult to walk. I had just so much pain with it. And I looked up, you know, what could this be? What could this be? And I found out it was lumbago. You know, and that's, that's like what I remember old people having, oh, the lumbago is acting up. <laughs> but so my belief system at the time was I, I kept, I didn't do anything to this. I, I would say, oh, it must be because of the way I get in or out of the car. It's because of the pressure I put on this, this leg. Or maybe it was this fall that I took, you know, a few years ago. But it's, I didn't do anything. And I was, went to a chiropractor. And I told him about it. And I said, I don't know where I got this. I didn't do anything. It's not fair when you haven't done anything and it's there anyway. Well, his comment was, that's why you got it. Because you didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, ow. <laughs> and he said, do you stretch daily? And I, I had to confess that, no, I wasn't stretching daily. And he said, well, what kind of exercises do you do? And I said, I was walking. He said, you, you know, it's not really stretching out the, the nerve and the muscle. And so it was that I felt like I didn't do anything. And his comment was, yeah, you just need to do more. That exercise plays a huge role in maintaining the quality of the joints, but we don't want to over-exercise them or we end up going into the other area of actually damaging the joint. So I, there's a sweet spot there for exercise, I'm sure. There's a sweet spot. You know, as a yoga teacher who started teaching um, in my mid-20s, it's been funny to watch it evolve because mm-hmm. I started teaching yoga where we deeply stretched and I also taught some power yoga classes, which were all about strength and um, even some more aerobic yoga classes. And now in my, uh, what am I, 57, almost 58, I am teaching gentle yoga, and I foresee at some point it's going to be chair yoga, you know, but I'm still going to move. No matter what form of yoga it is, I'm going to be moving and stretching and strengthening. I saw a book one time, it's called Bedtop Yoga, so I guess there's there's always the next progression. Always. And I think it's good to meet um, your own body where it's at. I'm thinking of the pains, the little aches and pains that we don't want them to stop us from going out and living our lives and yeah. preventing us. So we want to find some way that we can counter that pain. Of the- so, so let's talk about the arthritis then. I know mm-hmm. for me, I mean, sometimes I will feel my fingers early in the morning or even mm-hmm. late at night. And um, once they start moving, they sure feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an yeah. Ayurvedic yeah. S- practitioner, what would you recommend? You know, there's so many different directions finding out what the body is going through. I know for one woman that I worked with, for her it was nightshades. And nightshades are a group of vegetables that we love. I love my nightshades. Potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, bell peppers. They're called nightshades because their flowers bloom primarily at night. But they can be inflammatory. They can create inflammation in joints. And so it was almost like night and day. If she had the potatoes, her hands hurt. If she didn't have the potatoes, her hands didn't hurt. So it was really clear with her that it was something in her diet that was creating inflammation. Inflammation is getting so much press now, don't you think? I think oh, yeah. I think that's what causes pain in our bodies a lot is inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing, looking towards those anti-inflammatory foods. And, of course, everyone's talking about the, the magical turmeric. 
curcumin. And, and I have a story about it now. Okay, tell me your turmeric so, story. We talked about sleep in our uh, the last podcast or two. Yes. And um, we talked about maca as something that really works with adrenals. So I've been trying it. Just so happens that the maca recipe I'm using includes turmeric as part of the nightly drink, and it's made a huge difference in my fingers. Interesting. So the curcumin, which is a natural mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory, is obviously paying off. That's awesome. Yeah. The thing I think, too, with uh, inflammation is I remember someone talking about that golden milk. This is another thing that's really popular. Yes. It's, it's a drink that you make with a turmeric paste, and it's it's very yummy. You it's, can even find it at some some coffee shops these days. Oh, that's true. But I wonder if they say, oh, well, this was helping me with my sleep. And I always would look at the ingredients and say, there's nothing in there that should help you with sleep. But if inflammation in the body of some kind of level of pain is keeping you awake, then the anti-inflammatory. This was something we said in that sleep podcast, too, was the fact that it depends upon what's behind it. Yeah. You know, what's going to work for it. And sometimes it's more than one factor, but mm-hmm. the anti-inflammatory is hugely important. And mm-hmm. seems to me it must have been a great discovery when your client found that it was nightshades. But you have to be aware, like to journal what you eat and your, the following right. quality of sleep would mm-hmm. be really valuable. Well, she was coming off a fast. And so fortunately, she realized when she ate really limited food choices that she didn't have the pain, and so she could really observe what happened. I think it is a challenge because we have so much variety in our diets that we may not recognize the thing. Yeah. And sometimes it's a thing we don't want to let go of. Oh, yeah. I mean, potatoes, I love them. What about chocolate? I find that chocolate is really inflammatory for me. Right. It's so sad. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's really just doing that kind of detective work to investigate. And Ayurveda is really big on um, a morning massage called an abhyanga. And I think what I do when I'm having pain in my body, well, I'll confess I do it most of the year, is a type of oil that's Mm anti-inflammatory. And the one I use is called Maha Narayan oil. But any kind of oil that you put onto your skin, it's that movement of kind of gently massaging yourself. The oils don't get into your body. They can't. They're just not small enough. But it can become really a way to nourish and nurture your body and make it feel better. That somebody's touching it in a loving way, even if it's me. Yeah. For me, I almost always have a morning yoga practice. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's 10 minutes and sometimes it's 45 minutes. Um, But inevitably, when I start my yoga practice, I'm feeling 57. (laughs) And when I finish my yoga practice, I'm feeling 37. I'm feeling light and flexible and nothing hurts anymore. So it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. That is terrific. And so and you've been doing that for years. Decades. Yes. So you probably see the difference is going to be not just physically, but probably also mentally and attitude. Mentally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. everything shifts. Yeah. Because I think this was something that someone mentioned in that post about the attitude that impacts it. So if I'm in a if I'm in a good space, I'm having a good day, then the pains may not be as noticeable and maybe they won't interfere so much. I forget about them. Yes. Until I bring my attention to them. But if I'm in a bad mood, oh my gosh, my toe hurts, my knee hurts, my elbow hurts. 
all my muscles ache, and I just everything gets worse and worse and worse the more I focus on it. I think that's that you've really hit something there. I mean, um, this is a woman. She doesn't say her age, but she says that her father is 91 and walks three miles away a day, mm-hmm. and that this perspective on health has really rubbed off on her, and she has a Fitbit. Oh, Fitbit. Fitbit, which she says really encourages her to exercise, tells her to start moving if she's been sitting for too long. She set a goal for 8,000 steps a day, and um, she finds that the Fitbit really encourages her to reach her goal. So I had a friend this, I was away this weekend at a party for someone from grade school, which I think is so funny because here it's been 50 years since I've been around these folks. And one of the women had a little watch on, well, it's a pretty big watch, but it started beeping. And so she looks down and touches it. And someone says, oh, what's the alarm for? And she says, oh, my Fitbit just told me I have to walk another 170 steps this hour. You know, So it's, it is kind of nice to have something there to remind you, because I know if my partner or friends were to tell me, you need to walk 170 steps right now before the hour is up, I would meet them with a lot of anger and judgment. And yes. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. I'm going to walk or not walk. But when an inanimate object like your Fitbit tells you that you need to exercise, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, and this person went on to say that her attitude is that she's still as young as she's willing to be. She said that pain will always be around, and really it always has been. And she guesses that she still believes that she's young. Maybe this is also a thing we talked about before, which was we talked about the brain. And um, I shared a story about being 20 and we're trying to unlock the wrong car. Mm -hmm. And of course, we didn't think it was dementia when we were 20 trying to unlock the wrong car. But if I was to go out in the yard today and try to unlock the wrong car, I would seriously believe that I had dementia. So maybe with the pain, you know, we've always had things that have hurt in our bodies, times we've pulled a muscle and had to deal with it or maybe needed surgery. But now... Now that I'm approaching 60, this pain is the pain of old age, and this pain will never go away. And so I think we have that, um, again, towards the attitude. I look at it, and am I going uphill that I'm getting stronger and stronger, or do I look at it as my body's falling apart, and I'm going to be in pain for the rest of my life? I think a lot of it is... You know, we feel a little bit of something in our fingers, and then the fear is that 10 years from now, we won't be able to use our hands. Right. Or, you know, we feel our knees, and the fear is that in 20 years, we'll be in a wheelchair. Right. So we're projecting. And mm-hmm. again, that's we need to do a podcast on meditation, Mary. <laughs> but again, that's where the mind, I mean, if we can be in the present moment, mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time, we're happy, we're fine, but the mind is projecting off, and and um, it just makes us a lot more miserable than we actually need to be. Right. I call it fatalizing. Yes. You're going to make things fatal. So when I had the sciatic pain, I immediately went to, oh, no, I need a hip replacement. You know. Right. <laughs> and as it turned out, I needed to stretch. And I learned the stretches. Now I do the stretches. And it hasn't been a recurrence. And I think there's so many things that we fatalize. If I have a pain in my body that's unexplained, certainly if there is a pain in your body that you cannot explain, get it checked. There's no reason not to. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's any terrible disease that's racking your body. It just may have some kind of causative factor that you're not really aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware of your mind and the stories that it jumps to. Mm -hmm. Because I think as we get older, the mind uses evidence, evidence of that you know, 90-year-old man who is not walking three miles away a day but is sitting feebly in a wheelchair. Right. 
Mm -hmm. And exercising to the point that your body can exercise. If you are that person who's wheelchair bound, there are exercises like you had mentioned chair yoga, but there's also exercises that can be done so you can stay as vital as you can given whatever your particular circumstances are. Remember when we interviewed Homer, Mm -hmm. And he said that you can do qigong and tai chi in wheelchairs. Right. Yeah, so there are mm -hmm. all sort of, there, there really is no limit. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, you can find a way to move and stretch and strengthen. Right. And if it's really about your attitude, you can always exercise your mind. You know, there's always going to be ways you can kind of become self-aware about how much of my unhappiness is due to this pain in my body and how much is how much of the pain in my body is due to my unhappiness. Mm -hmm. Good point. Mm -hmm. So somebody wrote about diabetes. She says that she reversed her diabetes and her arthritis with diet and exercise. She said it can be done. That's so inspiring, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. When people have a diagnosis of something, I think this is again fatalizing, that we get the diagnosis and we believe it's a lifetime diagnosis. But sometimes it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it doesn't have to be. Right. If I created a problem with my diet and my exercise, maybe I can solve a problem with my diet and my exercise. Maybe. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, somebody wrote and said, at 63, overweight and disabled, I was feeling it badly. However, about five weeks ago, I started getting foot zoning treatments about once a week. And to tell you the truth, it's freaking me out. My lower back pain that has been chronic for 14 years disappears. And every session, it stays gone for even longer. I have more energy and I'm sleeping better. My balance is better too. It's something that came out of left field and I'm going to keep going with this treatment. I have never heard of this. Me neither. Foot zoning. Me neither, zoning. but you know that and there's so many alternative treatments that can augment and really help us with our health, mm -hmm. inner and outer health. Yeah. So I think we should dedicate some kind of future podcast to getting foot zoning treatment and massages and any kind of therapy that's out there because, you know, it's for science. It's for science. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we should. But it'd be fascinating to see. I, like I said, we'd never heard of foot or I'd never heard of foot zoning before. So I did a quick search on it, but it, it just intrigued me. Yes. And okay, now there's Jane Fonda. Can we talk oh, Jane about Fonda. Jane Fonda for a moment? Oh, we can. <laughs> She's, so despite having osteoarthritis and having both a knee and a hip replacement, she swears by staying active. And this is a quote from her. The most important thing is to keep moving. I still work out, although these days I do it slowly. I don't run. I walk. I don't ski. I cross-country ski. I still do resistance training and yoga, but I do it very slowly. I'm never going to stop. That's what I do, and that's how I stay strong. You know, and she's amazing because she and the there's a show on um, was it Netflix? Yeah, on Netflix with her and Lily Tomlin and Martin Sheen and the man whose name I would never remember, Grace and Frankie. Yeah, and so it's just amazing that these actors are all in their late seventies, eighties, and still acting and still still doing it. It's, so it's wonderful. It's a it's a real shift. Mm -hmm. in the whole acting world to have this regular program of people who are older and seen as regular people experiencing sex, experiencing all the things that your everyday person experiences. Right. Because it's not, you know, aging is, is inevitable. 
and the suffering about through it is really optional. Yes. Yes. And so even if even if and when we have those aches and pains, we have the choice to struggle with them. You know, we have that choice to let them destroy our mood. Yeah, to let them determine how we feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm hearing is that it, that is exercise is important and moving is important. Stretching is important. And they say daily stretching and cardio are really important. Um, there's books written on strength training for women. A wonderful book I love is called Strong Women Stay Young. And they found working with weights actually built bone density and it built muscle, de- muscle tension and uh, increased muscle tone. That's fabulous because it's harder to do after yes. 50. Mm-hmm. And this is a real simple program. It uses just ankle and wrist weights and really simple movements because I think sometimes we get intimidated. We're not gym goers. We're not going to sit there on the machines. And I came across an article the other day about certain exercises you might do at the gym that were not advised as we got older because of the injuries that were inherent in it. Yeah. So, but I do think, you know, incorporating daily exercise becomes really important. It is, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, daily exercise is really important and it doesn't have to even be a whole lot. You can go out for a brisk walk 20 minutes every Mm -hmm. day and that's fabulous for you. My neighbor and I were about the same age and when one of us is going to walk, we text each other and and it's so helpful because if like I'm feeling too lazy and resisting going, I get that text. I'm like, oh, okay. If she's doing it, I'll do it. So, you know, it really can help to have Mm -hmm. an exercise buddy. Oh, an exercise buddy is a great idea because I think you're right. We, it's the same thing like cooking for yourself. I think that when you, when you're cooking and it's just for you, we tend not to go all out. Pour the cereal in the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But when it's cooking for someone else, we take more time with it. We take more care with the ingredients and with what it is we're doing. I think exercise is the same way. When there's someone else involved, we feel more motivated. We're going to give more of ourselves in that. So maybe it's a great idea for exercise to have a buddy that you're going to do things with. It's helpful. And you mentioned gyms. And of course, not everybody is a gym goer. But um, for me, if I can just drag myself into the front door of a gym, I suddenly feel like, oh, great, now I'm going to exercise. So it's just making that move into the gym. Mm -hmm. And recognizing if there's pain, be gentle with yourself. Yeah. You know, and you can do gently, gentle stretches. Like I like that what Jane Fonda had to say about doing things slowly, doing it more gently, having it switch from the quick swishing down the hill to the more gentle cross-country skiing, which isn't always gentle. So I I would be pretty sore after a day of cross-country skiing. You and me both. (laughs) But yeah, there are more gentle ways to do all kinds of activities. I'm For those of you who do do yoga, um, the sun salutation gets difficult as we get older, harder on the joints. And so I've developed my own more gentle variation of sun salutation, which I lead in my yoga classes. And it's really nice. So if we're creative, nothing is impossible. Right. Well, I think that's it for us today. Do I see you have a quote for us? I have a quote. This is a quote by Edward Stanley, and he lived from 1826 to 1893, so a while back, but still very applicable to us today. He says, those who think they have no time for bodily exercise will sooner or later have to find time for illness. This is Janae Anderson and Mary Thompson signing off. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do that at our website, 
aginggracefullypodcast.com. In addition, if you'd like to comment or give us your ideas for topics you'd like to hear in the future, click the Contact Us button on the website. Thank you.